All right, I gotta know. Yes. I'm about to activate it. No, 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 not that. What the hell does Cree mean? Well, actually, it means a lot of things. Um, loosely translated, it means uh, attention, listen up, concentrate. You who? Yes, in a manner of speaking. Huh. Okay. Here goes. humans greetings humans hi i'm andrew welcome to the podcast we're talking about sith ah good old classic hunter gold on earth episode before we get into this i have a little bit of housekeeping for you meet me in the briefing room i just need to let you know that uh i've made some changes to the files that like the actual mp3 files like the tags and the numbers and stuff so you probably actually need to delete my podcast and then refresh it or just download everything again. And uh, some of the numbers will have changed and move, and some of the extra episodes will have moved order. And most importantly, the episode zero, the very, very first one, it'll now say, start here. The old one said, tech mate. That's how you know if you've got the updated one. Um, I'm just doing a bit of retconning, retroactive continuity, because... Uh, there are some things that have been bugging me on the technical side that have just been compounding, and I can't go through another series, whole series three, without fixing them. It was already bad enough with going through the whole of series two. But you don't need to know any of that. Just, uh, yeah, that's the important thing. Just delete the downloads, hit refresh on your app or the RSS feed, and it'll all come back to you in the right order now. Let's get on with the episode. One point straight away for the front gate stock footage, guys. We're on Earth. We're in the gate room. Someone's coming through. It's five points for Jacob Carter. You guys are the talk of the toker water cooler. That's pretty funny. And I'm glad it's pretty funny because uh, this episode's pretty light on uh, good stuff. It's mostly very plotting stuff. <laughs> um, talking about the family tree, of course. No, that's pretty cool. I've seen t-shirts with that on it. All the different uh, old markings. I might actually get one of those. I, I quite like them. And it's funny that Carter geeks out about the technology and Jackson geeks out about the anthropology. <laughs> and O'Neill sort of has this quizzical look and like tries to look around it and see anything interesting about it at all. <laughs> um, Seth is the embodiment of a bad attitude. He's a bad guy. That's all we need to set up a whole episode about him. He's a bad guy. I love that the Tokra are doing a Gould census. That's pretty damn funny. And it's it's like uh, one of these housekeeping matters that I wish we would deal with more often. It, it's a little bit more realistic anyway. I mean, I, there's that episode, One False Step, where they can't talk to the new alien population and they're killing them with a virus or something. They're making people sick and they don't understand what's going on. And like I said, that would be a very realistic episode. Why doesn't that happen every week? <laughs> um but uh, it's TV. You've got to keep these things rolling along. Every alien speaks English, of course. Because if you didn't, every week would be boring housekeeping stuff. So, okay. But anyway, we've got a great Jacob Carter 
Tokra briefing scene. Now, I love a good Jacob Carter and Tokra briefing scene, telling us about stuff we didn't know. Just an exposition dump. All right, we'll be cutting to the chase on that one. Um, we get this little note that hosts last about 400 years in a Gould possession. That's pretty cool, without a sarcophagus. Yeah, it's still disposable, but um, time for Daniel to do some homework. And so, so, so it's to the internet, to the 1990s internet. <laughs> really uh, <laughs> yucky HTML code. Um, Text-based internet, very few JPEGs. And of course there's that little B story about Mark, Jacob's son, Samantha's brother. Uh, I'm pretty sure she talks about, you know, hey, I'm an ant. My brother, you know, I love them. I adore them. Something. She mentions it in series one somewhere. So I guess they picked that out and finally showed it. And this episode was written by Jonathan Glasner, who, I gotta be honest, is he still around much? I get the impression from the later on stuff that um, he wasn't really involved. He kind of got the show running, but faded away. And it was mostly Brad Wright, and then uh, Robert C. Cooper moved up into the showrunner position. But anyway, this I mean, this one reeks of Glasner. He's like one of the original guys who wanted to set up the show and was, you know, really into the the, the whole mythology side of it. So here he is picking at another thread, like, why wouldn't there be a gold on Earth? This, is, this one is just really retro throwback Stargate. Now, of course, I've got to give it... 10 wildcard points for Tilk's joke. I mean, this episode is, is not that interesting, maybe, in some ways. It's a bit of a procedural episode. But this, if this episode is famous for one thing and one thing only, and you know what it is, Stargate fans, the Jafar joke. A serpent guard, a horse guard, and a Satesh guard meet on a neutral planet. It is a tense moment. The serpent guard's eyes glow. The horse guard's beak glistens. The Satesh guard's nose drips. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> and, uh, of course, I actually have to give it one point afterwards as well, because people are deflecting their emotions like crazy. Daniel, like, takes a sip of coffee and, like, doesn't say what he thinks. O'Neill is like, says nothing. Sam's not even in the picture. And Tilk just like looks around and he's like, whoa, tough planet. <laughs> and like sort of harumps off and turns his back. So yeah. Strangely, this cult was founded near Stonehenge. Wait, 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 wait. Dr. Jackson, slow down on this uh, info exposition train. The st all aboard the story train. <laughs> um... Are you saying that Stonehenge is an alien thing? Are we going to go back there ever? I don't think we are. Thanks for throwing that in there and not picking it up. Um, but you can actually read that CIA, CIA briefing that's on his computer screen, and it's it's coherent. Sometimes when they show things like that or newspaper articles, if you read the whole thing, it doesn't make any damn sense. But we've got this guy's file from the CIA on Daniel's computer, and there's a push and swell because the scene ends on the face, so that we'll recognize it at the end. Cut to stock footage of a C5 Galaxy flying to Seattle. 
Thank God it is not a road trip montage again. Ooh, let's try and move on from that. That sheriff guy is, um, you know, leading them to the compound of Seth in Seattle. And interestingly, of course, it's filmed in Vancouver, which is just up the hill from Seattle. <laughs> so, <laughs> just over the lake. So no wonder they picked Seattle, right? They didn't pick Louisiana or Florida or Brazil <laughs> or Cameroon. <laughs> you know, right next door to the production office. In fact, it's probably Vancouver anyway, right? It's the exact same area. Anyway, Teal'c is out on a mission around civilians, and he is trying to pass himself off as a human. He's wearing the hat. So there's ten points. And then there's like 30 minutes of just walking through all this stuff. We are under surveillance by some guys in a truck. We're going in. We've got a, we're sort of setting up a great SG-1 infiltration special operation where they cut through the gate and go in and the first time. Cut through the fence, sorry. But then they back out of that and they meet the other guys who are keeping the whole thing under surveillance. Jacob has some cool lines. He's smarting off being his tough-edged general guy that he actually is his whole life. <laughs> Just sort of reverting to that. And so they phone a friend and Hammond gets on to the president. And it's nice that they, uh, when the president phones and tells that guy to listen to Jack and Jack walks in, uh, Richard Dean Anderson plays it very, very, very understated. And that's nice. I always like when Stargate understates things instead of overstating things, because they are big on showing and telling, walking us through it, plodding along. But this one, he just sort of says, ah, good. How is that guy? All that stuff. That's good stuff. We deduce there must be a tunnel. Sam has the plan for the airpiece shockers. Tilk and Jacob can't go in because Seth will sense the symbiote. Well, then why does Sam go in? And the whole Jolinar whatnot, you know what I'm talking about. And, of course, he does detect Jolinar's presence or remnants. So why did that... <laughs> did no one think about that? And there's some more good O'Neill lines, you know, about Unix, as in snippety doodah. I swear to God, if I wake up and I'm singing soprano, um, use of the five transporting rings, five rings. It's cool that there's one on Earth. Um, maybe that's one that they start reverse engineering to get into Prometheus later. Um, and I was sort of wondering, where did they get all the Zat guns? They seem to have an endless supply of Zat guns for every SG team to have a sidearm, you know, strapped to their leg. Maybe it's from Seth's stores. Um, more good lines like Larry, Moe, and Curly. Uh, some kind of interesting stuff, I guess. Teal'c with the, uh, I understand, because you know, my son has also been brainwashed. <laughs> by the exact same process. Jacob, of course, can relate, but would rather not. Seth is life. Seth is happiness. Seth is almighty. Shrek looks him straight in the eye and says, It's all ogre now. Shrek leaves through my window. Shrek is love. Shrek is life. Yeah, I mean, the episode is just, like, just going from one point to the next, very linear, just, okay, we're going in, there's a complication, we're sorting it out, he's found us out, time to bust out, we've got our earpiece zapped, we have to find guns, we've found Tom, 
My DVD at this point is freezing and skipping like crazy, but honestly, who cares? And like I said, it's procedural. Just get from A to B to C. There's no real super interesting points worthy stuff going on. I noticed things like they zat gunned the big group of the uh, cult members. You know, they they bust into the room and they're both holding, all three of them are holding two Zat guns each, and they just go zap, 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 Isn't that risky? What if they accidentally hit them more than once? Or if they're holding hands or brushing shoulders and they get two Zatted? What if they get three Zatted? Then they're in trouble. They're not supposed to kill any of these people. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Seth has a ball. I have a ball. Perhaps you'd like to bounce it. And it's a bomb, and it destroys the rings just as they escape. Cool. That's cool. Maybe that's why we don't see the rings again on Earth. Sam, you have to take up your father's sword, yada, yada, yada. That, when she zats, no, she doesn't zat him, she uses the hand device. It's not a, is it a scrambler? Or a hand, or is the gun version, or are these the same thing? It breaks Seth in half in the fucking concrete. That is, that's a, very, very cool shot. And of course, there's five points for a reference. Obvious reference. Egregious homage. Hail Dorothy, says O'Neill. She's, she's dead. You killed her. I didn't mean to kill her. Really, I didn't. It's, it's just that he was on fire. Hail to Dorothy. The Wicked Witch is dead. Hail! Hail to Dorothy. The Wicked Witch is dead. And then the end of the episode is the family reunion. And like the previous episode, the reunion at the end doesn't actually need words because they've spent all the time in the meantime really setting it up for you. So you know what's happening. You don't need the words. Just watch the actors. So... 33 points for this episode. That's more than I wanted it to have, to be honest. I wanted this episode to be rated a little bit lower, um, because it's not a super favorite. But uh, the teal points, trying to be human, and the uh, wild card points, pretty unstoppable. Um, and a couple of references in there. Overall, it's, it's cool. It's fine. It's one of those ones that's a gimme. You know, Stargate SG-1, if they are thinking about what's what's in the bag, they think, oh, well, we have so much other Egyptian mythology to dig into. We'll just write a story about this guy. Where did this Egyptian god end up? Where did this one end up? Where did this one end up? This one ended up on Earth. Hathor was locked away. Heruwar is the competitor. Sokar was the devil. You know, that's just a one that they had to do. That's fine. Moving on!